Miranda with God Time here on The Breakfast Show. We need to get into our Bible study. We've got a couple of text messages here. A little bit on the quiet side this morning. We mm-hmm. need to give you guys a little bit of a prod. Yeah. You've got a prod there anyway. Um, prod, prod these guys. I have a tissue box I can throw at people. <laughs> <laughs> prod them with a question for the quiz and see if that'll stir that's, everybody along. That's it right. Must be just too, I think it's too wet out there. Yeah, yeah, everything people are just sleeping in. See what the rain drumming on the roof does that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what the problem is. Okay, it just, anyway. It just makes you more tired, I think, in general. Like, I just think it's just raining outside. I'm just so unmotivated. But... Such is life. Anyways, let's have a another question for the quiz. When Paul and the others were shipwrecked on the island of Malta, who showed them kindness and lit them a fire because of the cold and the rain? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. And if you do, you will go into the draw to win. Firstly, Cook 30.2 by Jeremy Dixon, which is an incredible cookbook, which gives you the ability to make food from scratch within 30 minutes that is healthy, vegan, and amazing, and tasty, and delicious. And also, you will win the book as well, Nine Habits for Healthy Christians. You'll get both of those for free at the draw, in the draw at the end of the week, provided you answer that question correctly, which was, when Paul and the others were shipwrecked on the island of Malta, who showed them kindness and lit them a fire because of the cold and the rain? Mm-hmm. Praise God for that fire. Yeah. And praise God for our listeners. You guys are just awesome. We give a bit of a prod, and now the, now the text message is flooding through. So <laughs> They felt threatened by the tissue box. So like, like, <laughs> no, 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 no. They were we like, don't want to get yeah, beat up. We'll send some messages. Okay, so the floods. Uh, interesting that we're told that destruction will increase till the second coming. God has allowed it, even though much of it is man-made with the help of the devil, to wake up humanity to the fact that most have turned their backs on him. He is giving all the opportunities to return and come back to him before it's too late. And they will be by the enforcement of Sunday laws and will blame God's people for the climate changes. Good one, Satan. Mm. Okay, tithing. This guy turned a blessing into a curse. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like he, he teaches the wrong thing on tithing because he turns it into prosperity gospel. So he turns the blessing into a curse. And then he, this is Cresswell, uh, and then he does away with tithing altogether. He throws the baby out with the bathwater. And it's like, okay, so you're rejecting prosperity gospel. No, you're actually making it worse. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, someone's asking, did I say that my house is close to being flooded? No, my house oh. is not under threat. Praise God. It's pretty wet. Yeah, that's right. You my, just... my yard has got a probably uh, three inches of water above the grass. Oh, nice. A yeah. swimming pool. I kind of got a swimming pool. Oh, that's nice. Um, I can't get into my front door without stepping in a puddle, but... No. I live on a no. hill, bro. You're, you I'm, are. I'm chilling. This you is, are. I'm, I'm living my best life. Uh, talking about the trauma of flooding, I can hardly imagine what it would, what I would do if it was to happen to me every mm. day. Uh, I thank the Lord for his blessing and pray for those who are going through the flooding. Imagine all you have gone, all you have gone in a matter of hours. On top of that, most people don't have flooding insurance or couldn't afford it. This is so true because if you live in a floodplain, they just won't insure you for that, mm. and and particularly these days, not anymore. Yeah. Uh, then it continues on here, and you hear some really bizarre stories. Like I was listening to a story this morning where these people can't get insurance on their house because they lived on a five-acre property, and on the other side of the property they had a chicken coop, and they sold eggs through an honesty box at the front gate, 
and the insurance company's like, you never declared that you're running a business out of your house. Your insurance is void. Yeah, this is insurance companies for uh, those snakes in the grass. Oh, yikes. That is uh, so awful. That is like the worst thing you've ever said to me. That is so terrible. I can't... Wait, so these people have been flooded and they've lost everything. Yes. And now they won't get insured. Because they were selling eggs at their front gate with an honesty box. That is horrific. Mm-hmm. That's that, the world we live in. I would move to Antarctica if that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, like hey, that. look, if they can afford a house, I'm assuming they have some kind of job or role or something, something they could do that would be useful in Antarctica. I'd move down there. Okay. Yeah. Right, that's what Lawson would do. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that you're going to get many takers on that. But anyway, <laughs> moving on this with, with this one here. Where did we get up to? Uh, couldn't afford. I still believe that God is in charge and he holds our life in his hands. Uh, what I have noticed is how much those who are going through it really helps each other, really help each other. Absolutely. And we need to, mm. you know, this is a time that we need to, we, we were focused our efforts on, you know, Lismore and that whole area up there earlier in the year. Now there's time to come down to Sydney and uh, areas of the Hunter to help out here. Mm. Another one says, it's hard to deny that the disasters are increasing in intensity and frequency as Christians to deny the existence of climate change is doing our message a disservice. Mm. Yeah, because the Bible says the climate will change just before Jesus comes back. Why would we deny climate change? Yeah, that's right. Uh, but I also don't agree with looking after the environment at the expense of looking after people. Couldn't agree more. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe, believe in that. We should be doing both. After all, our God-given job was to be a steward of his world. And that's the key right there. Steward, manager. Mm. The word steward is the biblical word for manager. We are to manage this world to the best of our ability, Mm. which means that we look after people and we look after the environment to the absolute best of our ability and recognize that we are destroying our environment. The Bible Mm. says it is man-made. End of story. That's what the Bible says. Like I, I love that point about being a steward because it recognizes the fact, yeah, we're, we're a manager of something that we do not own. Yes. We are a custodian. And this world and the bodies that we live in, like all of these, are not our own. They're God's. They belong to him. And somebody says, this one's for Producer Shell. Thank you for your music choices this morning. They wow. have been really good, as always. Wow. So go, Producer Shell, doing the flood theme this morning. Have you recognized, the? as a listener, have you recognized the flood theme in each song that has each been song, chosen? Each song. Some of them, are, some of them have been obvious. Some of them have been subtle. Each quiz question, each song so far. Yeah. She's on the money. And if you want to send any more fan mail in for Producer Shell, yeah, you should gas her up. Absolutely. Just, just, send, just send her in. Send, just send, send in all the, all the love to Producer Shell. Yeah, because she's kind of the invisible one here. Well, like, we'd like her to speak more, but... But she, without she, Producer Shell, we would be in a whole bunch of trouble. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. You know, I haven't um, unraveled my master plan to make all of you redundant and run the show by myself yet and get all the money. So, you know, for right now, she's she's doing a great <laughs> service. <laughs> Press the button. All right. Okay, are we doing a Bible study? We're doing a Bible study. We are doing a, just a full-on passage this morning. Mm-hmm. Romans 1. Oh, okay. Starting oh, in this. verse 18. Verse 18. So these are all of the really seriously hectic verses. Uh-huh. This is like one of the most crazy passages 
of the Bible that there is for our culture right now. This is a tough one to read in this translation. I'm like, I might get my New King James out for this one because this is one that I've memorized. Oh, okay. But I'm like... Yeah, we'll let you get your... Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me, give, me, give me a sec. But this is one of those passages of the Bible that 20 years ago everybody reads and shrugs and like, yeah, whatever, of course. Mm. And now they read it and like, that should be torn out of the Bible. You know, there's places in the world, there's places in the developed Western world like Canada and so forth where it's illegal to read some of these passages in church. Mm. So, yeah. Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in righteous unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since cre- the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. how many verses have you read? Today? Oh, I, I read like three. Yeah, you I was supposed to say one. One. Just one eighteen. Okay, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Okay, so here's what the Bible says will take place at the end of time, that we should be expecting that people will suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Mm. In my my other Bible here, it says in in their wickedness. In their wickedness. By their wickedness, they will suppress the truth. What does it say in the real one? (laughs) Shut well, up. the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Mm. Okay, so this is an interesting passage for the time in which we live. I always used to read this passage and think, oh, this is, this is about Christians teaching bad theology. Mm. Now I've realized, no, that's not it. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. This is about people who suppress reality, who mm. deny reality in favour of ideology. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. So the reality goes out the window and ideology replaces it. Yeah. That's what this passage is all about. I actually love how like the NLT actually explains that. It says, suppress the truth by their wickedness. So it's, yes. it's, it's not saying that they're, they're changing, that they're, they're attempting to change what truth is. It's, they're just, it's just saying that by acting wickedly and by living wickedly, they're taking the spotlight off of truth and putting it somewhere else, which is essentially what ideology attempts to do. Okay. So if you apply that to this world today, you're going to be instantly branded as a hate person. And this is one of the reasons why this passage has been banned in some countries of the world. Wow. It's because it is seen as hate literature. Mm. So is this hate literature? Uh, I mean... It's strongly worded. It hates sin. It calls people wicked. And see, this is, this is, where, this is where the secular world doesn't connect with the Christian world. Mm. When the secular world has... A, an ideology, a belief, or whatever that they are against, they do not separate that from the person. Mm. The secular world believes that God is within you, that you are God, that what you believe is what is right, mm. what you perceive, what your perception is, is what is reality. And so you are your own God. You are the one who decides what truth is. You have mm. your truth, I have my truth, everybody has their own truth. Mm. 
And as a result of that, everybody is righteous. The religious, the, the Christian world says, no, everybody is deeply evil and wicked, including ourselves, mm-hmm. and in need of a saviour and in need of being fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the moment that you go to the secular world and say you need to be fixed, they're like, well, that's hate speech. Mm-hmm. So for the secular world, when they disagree with what somebody says, they disagree with who the person is mm. because they don't separate between what is sin and who the person is. Whereas for the religious world, we see we are all sinners, but that we are all also blood-bought children of God. Yeah. And so... This is, I, I can't understand why they get it why they get it wrong why they mix this up and they and, and they get confused over this, this this whole concept and like well that's hate speech and, and, and Christians can't understand it. it's like we don't hate these people what are you talking about we die for these people Jesus died for these people how mm. can that be hate mm. that's not hate mm. but God hates sin mm-hmm. yeah and this is the issue for a Christian person. We love the sinner and hate the sin. Mm. For a secular person, they can't wrap their minds around that because that's not a part of their ideology. It's not a part of their worldview. Mm. They don't have that separation that we have as Christians. Yeah. They see a person who does awful things and say that's an awful person. We say that's an awful thing to do. They assume we're saying that's an awful person. Mm. But in reality, it's like <laughs> we're, we're all awful people and we in all need, need of a savior. We all need help. Yes. Um, it's interesting that you say that. It's like you, you, what you're essentially saying is, okay, the standard of someone's goodness is like according to the secular person. It's, it's by their actions, which I think in some sense I can agree with. But what they miss is that everyone acts badly. Yes. That, that's, that's the problem is everyone's broken. Every, that's right. Everyone is broken. Like we, you know, like, and often the point is made like, ah, oh, you can't say that that's sin. You can't say that that's wicked or wrong. Like they're just doing, you know, what they want or whatever it may be. Like you can't create those definitions because you're, you're ultimately just trying to justify what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and furthermore, like you're making the argument and the point that, Essentially, what you decide to do is good because I, I guess it's that humanity is inherently good. Yes, the secular world believes that humanity is inherently good. Yeah, but then why why do good people do bad things? Well, and, like, and this is the and this is the weird thing about the secular world. From a Christian perspective, we think it's mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, the secular world, but lives like oh, I, I live a basically good life. And if there is a God uh, on the judgment day, I've lived a basically good life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you commit murder mm-hmm. and you've lived an entirely good life and you go before the judge and say, look, I've never, ever done anything wrong ever before, so therefore I should be let off. No, you're not there to be judged for the good things you did. You're there to be judged for the one bad thing you did. Yeah, that's right. And that's why you'll go for a life sentence. That's right. And I, I, I think that's so true. In fact, there's a, there's a saying that my, my dad has. Uh, I love my dad. And he has this saying, well, I'm going to – appropriate this a little bit and, and change it um, just for actually for appropriateness's sake. But uh, he has a saying that it goes, it goes like this. It goes like my dad's saying goes like this. You can build bridges all over the world, but if one of those bridges collapse and you kill a child, you're a murderer. And, and what he's essentially like the point that he's mm-hmm. making is essentially like, 
Yeah, you are remembered. Your legacy is often going to be based on the bad things that you did. That one bad thing. Yeah, that's right. In spite of how much good you've done, no matter how much of a you know a genius or an activist or however amazing you are, like your legacy is going to be based on the negative. And that's actually appropriate because for the most part, we come to the to to the point where we say, okay, a, a series of good actions doesn't justify a terribly bad action. Like you still need to face consequences and be punished. And and I think you know the 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 acceptance of that ideology we we would see less and less. You know when when it comes to whether it's celebrities or or sex abuse in the church, whatever it may be, we would actually see consequences come to the people who perpetrate that rather yes. than covering it up because we realize like no people deserve consequences absolutely like because because we're all sinners. This is a biblical principle, and this is what God is talking about all the way through here. It is consequences. That's right. That's you know, when the Bible talks about the wrath of God, and it has a lot to say about the wrath of God being revealed you know, to, towards ungodliness in this passage, it's talking about consequences. You mm. stand out in the sun with an ice cream and you don't lick that thing? <laughs> what you're an gonna analogy. A, you're going to have a puddle. What an analogy. You are going to have a puddle. <laughs> That's the natural consequences of what happens, right? That's right. And so, and so ultimately, like, we, what we need to recognize, yeah, we're all in need. We're all in such deep Coming through on the text message, the secular world wants death and not life. Satan controls their minds. If you remove the word of God, you are left with the word of Satan, which is a lie. Mm. And somebody else saying here, my dad used to say, two wrongs don't make a right. Mm. Doesn't matter how many rights you have. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how many wrongs you have. Mm -hmm. Wrong is wrong. Yeah, that's right. End of story. Okay, so let's go back to our passage. Uh-huh. The Bible speaks about the wrath of God being revealed against those who suppress the truth by their wickedness in unrighteousness. Mm. Do we live in an era right now where reality is being suppressed? Yeah. The ideology of our world, which says that truth is subjective, mm-hmm. um, where you have your truth, I have my truth, everybody else has their own truth is simply a way of saying there is no such thing as truth. Mm. Oh, so the truth, the, the truth is suppressed, reality is suppressed, mm-hmm. and ceases to exist. The, and this is happening in and outside of the church. Yes. Yes. Like, in fact, where it's happening a lot <sighs> is... It, in, in fact, what we talked about this morning, like Creflo Dollar rejecting tithe, right? Yes. So tithe is a biblical principle mm-hmm. that we should keep. Mm-hmm. And he rejects tithe on the basis that, oh, no. It's Old Testament. It's Old Testament. And then says, furthermore, you should give me more money. That's right. So he is suppressing the truth for what reason? So you can get money. Earthly gain. Like right. wicked, wickedness and unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like... It's ah, oh, and you can put a thousand and one reasons as to why like people would do that, and they do, mm-hmm. and they do, and it's. And I always saw so this sad. verse as being about those kind of things. You have people that have theological issues. Now you've got the world that is rejecting science. But even that, like those theological issues, we we. It's not coming from a place of, oh, this person didn't study their Bible enough. No, those theological issues are coming from a place of this person has an ulterior motive and agenda. Yes. An ideology. An ideology to steal from you and to mm-hmm. and to self-gain. And that's happening, again, inside the church, as we've explained, but also outside of the church as well. It's agenda. It's ideology. It's for personal gain that people 
want this this control and they want to suppress the truth. Mm. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, our last question for the quiz. Fill in the blanks. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the Lord or unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receives the blank and the blank rain. Okay. okay, that's from yes. James chapter 5 and verse 7. Now, we want to encourage you, if you are a regular church attender, try to get an answer in without looking it up. If you're not, James chapter 5 and verse 7. But again, that 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 uh, clue was, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the blank and the blank Rain. Tell us what those blanks are. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, and go into the draw to win Cook thirty point two and nine habits for healthy Christians. Okay, text message. The secular world cannot wrap their head around the fact that in God's eyes, sin is sin, regardless of how small or large. Mind you, sometimes Christians fail to grasp that, regardless of how small sin, regardless of how small sin degrades the person. Oh, so true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Text message of the day. Yeah, I'll give it to that one. It like, oh, dude, I was I was thinking about this man, like, and just just reading this and just reflecting it, and some of the points I made earlier, like, just ah, you just read horrific stories about, you know, church abuse scandals, Mm. and it's just the most saddening thing ever, Mm -hmm. and it's like, how can a pastor like? let himself get to that point. It's like, oh, was the pastor, like, from when he started theology, was he just, like, a sex pest? Like, from when he started his degree to the point where he becomes a pastor of a church and then pastors there for 30 years and gains the trust of everyone and then starts abusing people in the church. Like, was his end goal to become, like, an abuser? Was that what he was thinking the whole time? Or was there at some particular point where he was actually truly converted? Yeah, and but by persistently engaging in sin rather than repenting and trying to overcome, did that, as I said, like degrade him to the point where, like a pastor, mm-hmm. would be willing, like would be would be actively endeavouring to abuse people in the church. And I would like, say that it comes from a couple of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have some people who are going to choose the vocation of ministry because they're already a pedophile and they see that as a way to give them give them, give themselves trust and access. Yeah, that's right. You're going to have other people who deal with that as a temptation, but like everybody who deals with a temptation, you know, because all of us who go into ministry are dealing with temptations and at some particular point they fall into that temptation, mm-hmm. having had a true conversion experience at some point in the past, then you're going to get a third category, which I think is unique to the Roman Catholic Church, where you have celibacy and you have, a, have, have pastors who have been pushed into an unnatural uh, relationship mm. uh, situation. And I think that that twists the mind. Yeah. It's interesting. I was, I was you know, if, if, if you choose to be single, that's very different from being forced to be single. single. Yeah, It's going to have a very different effect on the mind. Mm. I, uh, I had a conversation with someone recently and they were talking about how they do evangelism in Brazil. Now, Brazil is like a massive country and it's full of people. And, it's an awesome country. And it's an awesome country and God's spirit is really moving in Brazil right now. Churches mm. are growing. People are being converted and 
you know, becoming Christians and the church is just massively expanding. Praise the Lord. Like people are accepting Christ. Uh, But at the same time, uh, you know, because there's, you know, churches are so, I guess, Christianity is so relevant there. Many of the pastors who go there, and particularly when it comes to evangelists and famous preachers and whatnot uh, in Brazil, you know, they get really famous Mm -hmm. because Christianity is really big. And, you know, we are Seventh-day Adventists here on Faith FM and in the Seventh-day Adventist church, they basically automatically retire you by the age of 40. Mm-hmm. If you're in a famous evangelist, like after like 20 years or less, like they have a certain period of time and they just automatically retire you and they stop you. Because what they've seen is like if they just let people keep preaching and their profile keep growing and their attention keep growing, they'll just be so like firstly, like their fame will get to their head. And, wow. and that's really terrible. And then secondly, they're so exposed to temptation as a result that like they fall and they're like, look, we don't want to put people in an environment where make, we're making star pastors and star evangelists because it's actually really detrimental to the mental health and the spiritual life of the person because they just get gassed up as something, you know, and, and no one can handle that temptation. That's nuts. And so they're like, you know what? We'll just automatically retire you. Once you once you get too famous or once you've been in the game too long so that you don't have those issues, we'll retire you. And I'm like, that is a fantastic solution because they've actually recognized the point that we've been talking about today. Everyone has problems. Everyone is inherently sinful. Like everyone is struggling with sin, even the most famous faithful pastors. And they're like, oh, we're going to solve that problem by taking the spotlight off them and trying to give them a normal life because who can handle that? Who can be put in that position, like, with so much influence and so much authority? And I'm like, wow, that's really awesome. And I feel like, yeah, like, you know, if truth suppresses wickedness and that comes from prolonged time, you know, sinning, like, if we just embrace sin in our life, it's like, hey, let's let's try and put ourselves in situations where we're not doing that. All right, just got a uh, text message coming here through from Blair, who's in Tamworth, and he says, Faith FM launched here last week. Woohoo! He goes on to say, we are listening to The Breakfast Show, eating breakfast, bagels, God bless America, um, <laughs> with the Youth Rush team in Tamworth. We are Shout promoting out. Faith FM on the, on the doors as we knock and give out literature. 17 youth storming Tamworth. Shout out. That's awesome. Go for it, Blair, and glow for it, the youth out there in Tamworth. Our prayers are with you. May you do an amazing work for God as you go out and minister in that community, do good things in the community. Come on, guys! It's eight thirty-six a.m. Finish breakfast. Get out there! Like people woke up. <laughs> yeah. People woke up an hour ago, guys. Yeah, the traders have been at work for an hour. That's so. that's right. What what are you doing eating for? No, I'm just I'm just joking. It sounds like they have uh, just an amazing program happening in yeah. Tamworth. So I just want a big shout out to uh, Youth Rush that is happening in Tamworth. Uh, if you bump into any of these people, they knock on your door. Give them a very warm welcome. They are mm. out there to spread the word and spread the gospel, spread yeah, the love man. of Jesus, and to do a great work. And if you are a new listener from Tamworth, then may God bless you in a special way. Welcome to the Faith FM family. We are glad that you are joining us here on the Faith FM radio. Also, a lot of them are young people, and this is they're their, all young people. They're all all there. It's well, it's called Youth Rush. That's yes. right. Uh, they're all young people, and a lot of them get out on the doors like during their student break or something like that. That's right. To, to raise money for their education. Like, yes. Like they could be working at Macca's, you know, or something like that over their, over their holidays, their uni break. But, but, it, but instead of that, they're getting out to share 
Jesus with the community. That's right, and make a little bit of money off it so that they can then yeah, so continue. Yeah, help them out with the donations. Help their, them their the degree, with yeah, help them. Yeah. There you go. Ah, great stuff. You're welcome, guys. You're welcome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm always excited to hear about young people who just get out into the community and make a difference. Mm. All right, let's uh, get back to our Bible study. Let's yes. read the next verse. So we read verse 18. We have uh, not made a very big start into this passage so far. Powerful. We'll probably be on this one for the rest of the week. It's pretty heavy stuff. Okay, the next one says, They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Okay. That's right. Science is empirical. Yeah. You know, empirical science is empirical science. Uh-huh. Okay, so they deny the truth in unrighteousness, so they're denying what is empirical. They're denying what God has made obvious to them. Mm-hmm. So there are some parts of science that are not empirical. Historical science is not empirical science because neither you or I were there to witness it. Yeah, that's right. But this is about people who, who deny empirical science, observable, testable, repeatable science in favor of an ideology that is in rebellion against God. Mm. This passage is only going to get heavier and heavier as we progress through it over the next couple of days. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to Sandra Enderman with Ready for the Storm. And we're about to jump into our question our question of the day. Before we do, we have answers for the quiz. All right. The answer for the first question was to keep seed alive on the earth. Apparently, people really struggled with that one. For the next one, it was because there is the abundance of rain. That's what Elijah was you know, t- telling to King Ahab. In Deuteronomy 28, what was the curse? What would the rain turn into? Powder and dust. Who helped Paul when he shipwrecked on the, uh, the island of Malta? The natives. And and finally, in regards to the to the rain in James chapter five and verse seven, it's until he receives the early and the latter rain. If you got those correct, congratulations for thank you for playing the quiz today and getting your entries in. Of course, we're drawing that on Friday, but right now it is time for question of the day. All right, our question of the day is. Would it be true to say the persecutors of the gospel of our Lord Jesus is not only outside the church, but also inside the church, i.e. wolves in sheep's clothing? Is this true or false? Well, you kind of answer the question there by referencing wolves in sheep's clothing because that is a Bible passage. But there's a different Bible passage that I want to draw your attention to in answering this question. It is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So do we have more to fear from within or without when it comes to Christianity? The answer is from within. Mm. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Okay, so this is a reference of the second coming of Jesus. We are talking about end-time events. He says, That you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Paul's saying, no, it's not around the corner. He's writing in the first century. He's looking forward to our century, a couple of thousand years in the future. He goes on. Mm. Verse 3, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And when Paul makes this cryptic statement right here and references the son of perdition, he has just exposed exactly where the problem will come from in the last days just before the return of Christ. 
because the son of perdition is an, a particular person in the Bible. There is only one person in the Bible who is called the son of perdition, and his name was Judas. Mm. So let's think about Judas for a moment for three and a half years. Jesus went, Judas went everywhere that Jesus went. Judas followed him. Judas was amongst the disciples, the one who had the highest level of education. He had the highest ability in the areas of finance. He was the one who was in charge of distributing money to the poor. And so he was always seen to be helping the poor and being the good guy amongst the group. You know, there were some amongst that group that were a bit selfish and a bit tight, and there were others that were a bit, bit violent. But Judas didn't have any of these obvious flaws, except that he was always considering the poor and always wanted to put the poor first. And even when, you know, Mary Magdalene comes along and breaks the uh, alabaster jar full of full of ointment on Jesus, mm. and he's like, oh, this was such a waste. You could have sold that and given the money to the poor. You know, he's a very pious guy, always looking out for, you know, those who are less fortunate. And as a result, probably the one of the disciples that was the most looked up to until the night he betrays Jesus for 20 pieces of silver, mm. for money. And where did he come from? He was not just a follower of Jesus. He wasn't just your run-of-the-mill disciple of Jesus. He was one of the 12. He was part of the inner circle. Mm. So what should that tell us? It should tell us that when people come from our inner circle as wolves in sheep's clothing, we should not be surprised. We should not be shocked. We should not be horrified. Well, we should be horrified by what they do, yes, but that we should recognize that this has always been a part of Satan's plan. He can do far more from within a church to destabilize that church than he could ever do outside of the church. Mm. And so when we think about this, we need to remember, we need to be on our, on our knees in prayer because God will never let us down. He will protect us from wolves in sheep's clothing. Of course, as you go through the day, spend some time with Jesus and spend some time in Bible study by yourself. There's no substitute for it. Do not forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.